0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank Now What the Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me today for another Now What Wednesday. Here we are, second last episode of the season. We have one more coming up next week, and then we're going to take a nice tiny little hiatus to celebrate the holidays, and then we will be back in the new year. And I'm just so excited for that new season. But before we get to the new season, we got to wrap up this one. So, today, my guest is the lovely Catherine McCord, and our conversation took a big, big, you know, sweeping turns left and right as she was unpacking a story for us where she shared about having a seizure and what that ended up, the ripple effect of having that, and the impact it had as it related to vulnerability. Right? So, yes, the original story was definitely. I just had a seizure, now what? But as she unpacked it and shared it, It was pretty obvious to me, as well as her, that the true story here was really about being vulnerable and opening up. So that is the story that we're sharing with you guys today, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's learn a little bit about Catherine. From being a little girl who sold shares in her company and played HR, she even fired her own mother, to being a traveling entrepreneur and speaker that she is now, Catherine McCord has Quite the journey. Catherine has multiple neurodiversities ranging from MCAS and seizures. To- to bipolar and OCD and says she is successful with her disabilities, not in spite of them. She was born in Dallas, Texas. She began rescuing animals early on and as an adult became a proud foster mama, even for wolves and exotic animals. Charitable work is a really important facet of her life. Catherine's parents always encourage her to have an entrepreneurial spirit, and boy did that pay off. She currently lives in Florida and runs a company called Titan Management, which she founded in 2014 with the purpose of shaking up HR and recruiting. She also hosts two shows, Career Launch Live and Super Mania Show, and is the COO and board member of the international neurodiversity and Nonlinear group called the Octopus Movement. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually. And in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friends, have you ever had that I just feel so bloated? Now what moment? (laughs) Me too, and that's when I reach for my greens gut glow drink. Yep, I can sip my way to healthier looking skin, support my digestive system, and get an extra scoop of greens all in one bundle that helps me de-bloat. This nutritious trinity includes three of my favorite Arbonne nutrition products, Be Well Superfood Greens, gut health, digestion, and microbiome support, and skin elixir collagen support. I drink this every day. The Greens, just one scoop of this versatile vegan superfood powder, delivers a blend of 36 fruits and vegetables in each serving for a boost of greens, featuring fiber, photonutrients, along with a natural deep green color courtesy of blue-green algae derived from spirulina, chlorelia, wheatgrass, and barley grass. Just one scoop provides me with the benefits of eating a full color spectrum of fruits and vegetables. Minding my gut's microbiome is a must, and this delicate balance of bacteria helps support favorable gut flora. Designed to support the benefits of a healthy diet, this plant-powered natural health product mixes easily with water, so its blend of probiotics and enzymes can work synergistically with my body to help support gastrointestinal health. Its ingredients include inulin from chicory root and 3 billion CFUs of Bacillus coagulant probiotics, plus enzymes that act as a digestive aid. This natural health product helps support favorable gut flora while helping to digest proteins and contains ginger, which is traditionally used in herbal medicine to help relieve digestive upset. For the glow, I'm sipping my way to healthier looking skin. This acai or dragon fruit flavored vegan natural health product features antioxidant vitamin C to help in collagen formation, to maximize healthy bones, cartilage, teeth, and gums, silicone, and biotin to support healthy hair, skin, and nails, and a blend of sea buckthorn fruit extract, pine bark extract, and vitamin C for antioxidants, This vegan natural health product provides beneficial ingredients for my skin, hair, and nails. So head to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and use promo code ARBON10 to get 10% off your Greens Get Glow Bundle. That's jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and promo code ARBON10 gets you 10% off. Or just click the link in the show notes and get your Greens Glow bundle all in one click.
1: Well, hello, Catherine. Hi, thank you for having me today. I'm excited.
0: I'm excited too. It was so great to connect with you a while back and hear a little bit about your story. And now we are finally here at recording day and you're going to share all the goods. So, you know, before we jump into your story, which is packed full of all sorts of amazing goodness that I can't wait for listeners to hear, Of about you having a seizure
1: and
0: having a (laughs) seizure in a foreign country uh, on top of that. I always love to ask guests this question at the top of the episode, just to like warm things up is what is something that you want
1: people to actually know about you? Nothing. No (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I like for people to know that vulnerability was not natural to me. And so learning to be vulnerable, which we're going to talk a little bit about today, actually, was very paramount to my growing success, but it was not natural. So if it's not natural to you, you can overcome it. So that's for me and them.
0: <laughs> Ooh, that's a nice segue into our conversation today. I love it. Okay. So you are somebody who has had multiple medical diagnoses over yeah. your lifetime yeah give i actually a quick short rundown of some of the things that you yes, have I, faced actually in your
1: life. it's so funny because i literally just told my doctor like she tried to give me another diagnosis i said no ma'am Mm-mm, you're cut off we're done this is it <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm accepting new 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 diagnoses thank you so i have had everything from arthritis, which is pretty basic, but kind of odd for someone my age, Uh, arthritis to uh, autoimmune disorders that affect like my bladder and kind of my pelvic floor region to all kinds of other reproductive issues all the way to now TIAs, which are many strokes. I've had, I have a heart arrhythmia Various and sundry other medical diagnoses. And now, just for fun, I have a condition called MCAS, which is also autoimmune. And basically, my body just decides it's allergic to things completely randomly. It can even just be a texture on a shirt, and then it will send out all these cells, and I'll either have anaphylaxis or rashes or whatever. It is a very fascinating, (laughs) yet very much a pain kind of condition and so i that's that's the range there and then i also have a uh, mental health and neurodiversities so everything from misophonia which means that there are certain sounds that cause my brain to kind of malfunction more or less and for me to have very extreme emotional responses to certain sounds all the way over to obsessive compulsive disorder and bipolar 1 wowzers you yeah. if you were an episode of house <laughs> you know. God my doctor like just loves medical anomalies and just thinks that this is the most fun thing ever working with me because oof <laughs> okay
0: so with that setting the stage yeah. you know you experiencing a seizure kind of sounds a little minor you know compared to some of that but oh.
1: <laughs> a seizure it, not being
0: a, such a physical response to something
1: yeah, it, it, it is actually, a big thing. It, it is actually interesting. And this was the story that we're going to tell is not my first seizure, uh, but it was just one that was particularly dramatic. I Seizures for me are focal. So I do not have grand malls, So I don't have the loss of consciousness. I do not lose time. I am aware of what's going on. I can see, I can hear, I just can't do very much about it. And only one, because it's related to my many strokes, only one side of my body Shake rattles and rolls, so to speak. So one side always the left side will be shaking, jerking, twitching, all of this. I obviously cannot stand while this is happening. Most of the time, even sitting is a challenge. And then you know, I have to accommodate myself. They happen in my sleep, which is super weird to wake up and realize I can feel it when I like wake up. I can tell that it happened at some point during the night. I'm usually around the time I woke up. So it's really interesting. So my seizures are very different than most what most people picture as a seizure okay. uh, but it does still affect my cognitive ability for a while it, it can blank out short term memory uh, my you word are, usage can go you are
0: incapacitated when you have it, a seizure. somewhat
1: It'll, even afterwards too people don't think about that they think about the during but even afterwards you know your speech will go for a while you know and then your cognitive ability kind of drops you know mm-hmm. so if i'm functionally at my appropriate age as an adult immediately after seizure i might drop to about a 12 year old or maybe even lower and then you know from there on and then it kind of grows back
0: okay so the story you're going to tell us today is a time when you experienced one of your seizures while out of
1: the country and at you were at the worst possible time
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, and not an in inop- and not an opportune time so take us back what was going on where were yeah. you what was happening and so let's unpack
1: this this was mid-covid this was a couple of years ago and again, seizures were not new to me at this point, but had them fairly well under control using CBD. And, and so I agreed, I had this awesome opportunity. I had invented a tech product. I had an opportunity to go present it in front of the largest tech conference in the world, Web Summit, awesome experience by the way. Even during COVID, they had 40,000 people. Like, that tells you, that was, that was the shrunk down audience. Like that tells you how big this is, it's massive. And so I had this fantastic opportunity. I got to go to Portugal, which was amazing. Now, my favorite place on earth so far of all the places I've been. Absolutely madly in love with it. Fantastic. I went by myself, partially because of COVID and how hard it was to travel. We trusted it because, again, things have been going fairly well for me physically and also cost. You know, it's not exactly cheap to just go to Europe. So, I was over there. I was going around having tons of fun. I had my speech memorized. No problem there. And it was timed, by the way. So it had to be extremely specific and make sure you got everything out. And the morning of the of the speech, I woke up and I felt bad. And I was like, oh, no, because I could I could tell like the days where it's going to happen. I know. I, I, it's either when I wake up, have, or not. Too you long have some morning signs. I, yeah, I have, I always know before they happen, I'm never surprised by them. And I started having those feelings in my neck and along my spine and I was going, Oh no, Oh no. And then sure enough, that morning before I could even leave the house, I had two seizures and back to back and they completely wiped my speech. <laughs> Just gone. Just poof. Goodbye. No speech in my head anymore. It was, not a good feeling. Plus, knowing, you know, then I had to also make a safety assessment of, is it safe for me to still go to the event? Is it safe for me to walk the several blocks over there to be in a place with 40,000 people that I do not know, (laughs) you know, how, what is this going to be like? And I'm sitting there, I just had these seizures, I'm realizing it is almost time for me to go, just going like, you know, my brain at half capacity, you know exhausted and all this and I'm just thinking what do I do and everything inside of me just said go it actually it never actually occurred to me not to go it was like my my brain it, there was never a conscious thought let me put it that way to not go it was always a focus of how like how is this going to happen like you know my brain was trying to process thought and then I reached out to my liaison I told her what happened and i said i need an accommodation thank god they had a great attitude (laughs) and and just flew into action for me they they approved me using notes for my speech which was not allowed in this exact format it's a whole competition thing that's a whole other explanation but it was not allowed but they accommodated me they moved my chair to right by the stage provided a safer area for me to sit and with like cushions and stuff like that. Should I decide, you know, should my body decide to have another seizure? They were really wonderful. They were really, really wonderful. So I, I gathered, you know, myself together, fixed my hair. Cause man, you talk about something that'll jack up your hair, try having a seizure, man. It was (laughs) was, really long hair. Yeah. And it's just like digging out all over the place. I was like, Oh no, you know, so I, I got that all fixed back up. Uh, makeup was okay. Thank God. I didn't wear very much, but I never do, but I, I, the makeup was okay. I had torn my dress. I had to change dresses. <laughs> um, and so, which is not normal. That was a, that was abnormal, but I, so I got dressed. I walked very slowly over there, very cautiously, just because I can still be a little off kilter. Got over there, got in. Found you. I had already found before where I needed to be, so I just went straight to the stage, and they were wonderful. They welcomed me. I told you know, a couple of the other speakers were there practicing, and they were kind of looking at me funny, like you know, <laughs> reading, reading through this thing over and over and over again. And I just kept going through it in my mind because I knew even my even my reading was uh, was limited. My reading comprehension was limited, so I had to practice just even reading it. And so I talked to a couple of other people that were there, and they were so awesome. And they were like, yeah, girl, get up there. You're going to rock it. Like, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. They're like, good for you coming on, you know? And they're like, that's us entrepreneurs. You know, we just all sat there and laughed and had a great time with it. We all supported each other throughout the whole thing. And when I got up to, to give my speech, the first thing that I said was, I said, you'll notice that I'm holding that I'm holding my phone. I'm going to be reading my speech today because this morning I had a seizure. In fact, I had two, but that's okay because I'm here to talk to you about diversity and inclusion and just went into it. And the speech was extremely well received. I had people approach me for the rest of the event. They came and found me and were like messaged me on the event app and stuff talking about the fact that I got up there and shared that and and came and people asked me questions and people shared stories about their loved ones. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is a thing, (laughs) you know, being this vulnerable and this open as a human has made a huge impact. And then it just spiraled into growing my career from there.
0: Wow. Okay. So (laughs) we're not just going to end there. We're going to unpack that because. Yeah, we're going to
1: unpack it, but that's the, that's the basic story.
0: (laughs) <laughs> the basic story. So that's what happens. Yeah. So you being in Portugal, you know, yeah. about to go and do this speech competition, having yep. your strokes, I mean, having your seizures.
1: It was both, actually. Either one is correct. It was, it was, their seizures caused by many strokes. So yeah.
0: And then making the decision or not, re- or not even thinking that. You could have a decision to say, "I'm not doing this today," yeah. and going up there. But not only did you do that, but you literally just shared with the whole community of, "Hey, this is what just happened to me." Was that the plan? What, did you know before you walked up there that you were going to tell everybody what had happened that morning?
1: Yeah, I decided I needed to explain myself because, like, otherwise they're going to be like, "Why is this one weirdo up here with you? <laughs> you know, like, what's going on?" And so I wanted to explain, and then. There was the conscious thought of, well, you know, I am talking about inclusion, you know, how big of a coward am I if I can't even come up here and talk about my own diversity? So I just decided, all right, let's just roll with it, see what happens. Thank God it was (laughs) well-received. I,
0: you know, I can't imagine it not being well-received when somebody shares something like that on a stage. But again... I've never shared something so vulnerable and open that I've been like, oh yeah, for sure. Everyone's gonna love that. But like being an audience <laughs> member and someone goes up and says, you know, this is what happened to me this morning. I don't think a single person in there have been like, Oh,
1: how, how, oh how do- you would be surprised. So you get some weird responses sometimes. And I've spoken to other speakers who are very vulnerable about their diversities. You get people that are made uncomfortable by your medical issues and then they get upset you get people that they're like so concerned for you that they can't hear anything else so the other thing that I've had to learn is to say like I'm okay <laughs> like mm-hmm. nothing you know, this is all right And I have a process for that now when I speak that I have kind of jokes and stuff like that that I tell to let people know I'm all right but you do get some weird I've never had an ugly response I don't I don't think but I have had people that we're not comfortable and things like that. And I know some uh, I know some disability folks that get that do get some very ugly responses. So you never know.
0: Okay. So what did this teach you about being vulnerable? What, and was yeah. this like your first foray into really openly sharing and being overly sharing? Or were you always kind of somebody who was like, Oh, this is me, I'm gonna tell tell it as it is. Like, was that natural for you? Or
1: was this like I'm <laughs> I'm definitely a tell it how it is kind of person but in business I've always very much limited my my personal contribution. That's always been how I've been. And that's not like how I was taught to be or anything like that. That's just my natural state of being how I am with other humans. There's kind of a big barrier. And so that was my first and I had already started doing a show. And so I'd gotten better at letting a little bit more of that personal out, right, on my podcast and things like that, but still not to that extent. So that was the first time that I got that personal in front of such a big group of people and with no real support system in sight. And it went so well internally. It The, the response that I had to it mentally and emotionally was excitement and a sense of okay, I can really run with this now. And that's and that sent me off into, you know, a speaking career that that's really got I, before I was just speaking about HR topics. Now I do a lot of speaking about diversity and inclusion and neurodiversity, physical diversity, accessibility, you know, all of these, all of these types of of topics. And it really gave me the ability to start learning to be truly vulnerable. And then I started expanding that strength and a very with a very unique point of reference if you're interested
0: absolutely
1: <laughs> so I used to foster lions and tigers and bears and wolves and okay what, I worked... what sorry what what does that mean <laughs> like actually
0: foster lion and tigers so and bears
1: I have actually had like wolves in my home I used to work with a facility where I would go in and caretake, like actually go up physically to them, not like outside their cage, go up to them, care for them, feed them, give them medicine, you know, whatever it is that they need to play with them and anything from adolescents all the way to full grown. Big cats. I did not go in with the bear. That was not a fear thing. It just kind of never, there was never really a need to. And my husband was obsessed with her. So so he he mostly did that. But so I, I did all this work with these animals. And then I've also fostered dogs and cats over the years. And I've the universal language for I am safe is show me your belly. Right. That is like the universal signal of hey, I'm not going to hurt you. Here's my belly. And what I was doing was the emotional and mental equivalent of that, of going, hey, it's okay. And so what I started doing was using the vulnerability to get people, whether it was my staff, people I was teaching, my clients, you know, anything like that, to get them to open up to me and to really listen and to really let their guard down and receive the information and to be in a psychologically safe environment. I've started starting, beginning every presentation, no matter what it is, or every meeting with vulnerability so that they can feel comfortable. And it's amazing, you could actually watch people physically decompress when you do that.
0: And this is something that you hadn't consciously done or actively done
1: before your seizure on stage moment. Nope, that's what set it off. And it was, it is the second I came down the stairs and one of the girls that had sat next to me said, well, you just showed your little soft belly, didn't you? And it just clicked as somebody who had worked with all those animals. I'm like, oh my God, I did. I just showed them my belly. I just showed them that I'm safe. And I just showed them that soft underside. And then it prompted all of those people to come up and talk to me about very personal things going on with them, things going on in their business, really open up. And I was like, aha. <laughs> so if I had not had that seizure gone up, presented myself the way I had and had that girl not, you know, made that, and I, I might've eventually caught on to that. That anyway, but I it, think it I definitely sped help. up
0: the process. But
1: it with sped her up the process for her to just look at me and and say that. And I was like, <laughs> "Let's let's talk about
0: what you actually did to become more vulnerable with the people in your life, whether that be personal or professional, from that moment forward." So, as you said, a vulnerability is not a intuitive action. Most of us have. Vulnerability is something that we are like, you stay over there because no, thank you. I'm not, I don't want a serving of that. So what did you actually do to start strengthening your relationship with vulnerability and having it be part of your identity and who you are?
1: I had to start pushing my boundaries intentionally. So I would find something that was uncomfortable and I could sit there and picture, you know, a conversation before it happened. And when I felt that twinge, that pain point, I was like, that's something I need to, I need to make sure I say, because I need to practice getting it out because there's no reason that I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, you know? And I, so I started doing that. I would start purposefully pushing those boundaries. I took, I took a lot of speaking engagements and podcasting with people I didn't know, with subjects i with which i was not familiar and i would start and i started beginning everything with vulnerable information like here you know talking about my diagnoses and things like that and making everything just kind of an open book and then i also one of the biggest things that i started doing and this changed me very much as a human and it changed me as a partner it changed it to my husband it changed me as a daughter it changed me as a friend and as a professional in every capacity was that I started working on breaking my ego mechanism and responding in curiosity to allow other people to do the same thing with me. And we all have that ego mechanism. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. It's it's born in there. It's just part of our, our biology. But it becomes a hindrance as we get older as opposed to something that is an aid. And so when we learn to quiet our mind and say, it's okay, mind, I'm safe. (laughs) you can you can cut that out now and when in the way that you start doing that is just responding in questions whenever people say something to you and you feel that twinge like you just need to argue with them or you just need to give your opinion or you just need to shut that down in whatever way instead of or you need to make an assumption instead of that ask just ask questions so you know for instance my husband will say something to me that might hit me wrong You know, and my, my, my response previous to that would have been like, oh, why'd you talk to me like that? You jerk. You know and I would have, you know, fussed at him or whatever. Now I say, okay, can you tell me why you, why you said that that way? Or can you explain to me, you know, what it is about this that has upset you or, you know, or something like that? Just, just a question. It's always a question and it's the same thing in my professional life. And that has completely changed how I process the vulnerability and psychological safety that's been able to be created professionally and personally, and it's completely pivoted my relationships. And my mind now is also way more relaxed. I just I'm just not as stressed out by all the stupidity that I see because like, if I can talk to them and I can ask questions and and then I can solve it, right? And the same thing, you know, with the hate and and all that kind of stuff. If you can understand it, then you can solve it.
0: So would you? say that asking questions
1: is an act of vulnerability? 100%. Yeah, it is because you're willing to accept that person's information into your mind. And people don't think about that, that that when you ask a question and you really listen and process and take that in and let your mind go down the rabbit hole, right? Which is part of listening, by the way, like not just listening, but really processing what people say. That's now part of you. That's now part of your mental makeup. And so that's extremely vulnerable. I can't think of very many aspects that are more vulnerable than that in human interaction.
0: I totally see how answering questions is an act of being really vulnerable because oh, absolutely. You're, you're sharing all of this information oh, yeah. and, and oh, yeah. exposing exposing yourself, exposing the truth, you know, you're oh yeah, answering. But I never actually before now really thought about asking questions as an act of being vulnerable.
1: I never did either until I really started going down this path. And especially once I got to the curiosity work and I started realizing how much it was changing me, I started realizing, oh my gosh, that's the biggest act of vulnerability I've ever performed is asking and really receiving what these other humans are experiencing because that started changing me. And in great ways, and and even, even when I didn't agree with them, right, or if, if I ultimately decided that what they were saying wasn't for me, it changed me and it changed how my mind processed. And I was like, whew, that's a bit intense. You know, when you realize that about yourself, that, that receiving somebody else's information changes you as a human, that's intense.
0: I'm sitting here listening to what you're saying, and something that is running through my mind right now is... For years, I've had this saying, I, for lack of a better term, but I would always either say to myself or say to other people, "Be very mindful of the questions you ask, because you need to be prepared to receive whatever their answer is, even mm-hmm. if you don't like it." That's so fair. don't. So essentially that like the little phrase was, is don't ask questions you're not prepared to hear the answers to. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about not asking the question, right. it's about <laughs> getting yourself ready to the point of receiving yes. whatever yes. that other person has to say Yes. openly.
1: Yes, fix that mind because, and prepare yourself to expand, to really hear, to process, to not assume, we're so mm-hmm. bad at assumptions in our species you know, not assuming things. And so yeah, very much so. Yeah, 100%. It, it's interesting that you mentioned that, that kind of quote, because I've, I've heard that before, obviously, I've even said it. And it really is something that started kind of coming to life for me throughout this work. So it's, it's interesting that you actually mentioned that quote, because that's something that's really just kind yeah, of repeated. Is, 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 don't ask questions,
0: you're not prepared to hear the answers to which yeah. is what most people will then just not ask because they're like, well, I don't want to hear the answer. So I'm just going to dig yeah. in the sand and not ask the question. I'm like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I meant the flip side of that is prepare yourself for whatever the answer is that someone yes. gives you. Yes, Be prepared for a no, be prepared yeah. for a rejection, be prepared mm-hmm. for an answer that you were not necessarily anticipating and then get yourself ready to respond.
1: Yes. Yeah. And absolutely. So you need to prepare yourself and you need to also remember that it's okay to say not right now. You know, maybe you need to pause before you hear the information and say, I really want to talk to you about this. I know this is important today. I don't feel like I'm going to be in a mindset to really receive and and be productive. Can we talk about this tomorrow morning? Or, you know, let me, or if they do say something and you need to process it, say, okay, thank you. I need to think on that for just a minute. And then I'm going to come back so that we can, we can talk through this and then go away, process through it, come up with your questions. Don't assume anything, come up with your questions and say, you know, this is what I received. Is this what you were intending? And let them respond to that because sometimes what we receive has, well, let's just be honest, what we receive has a lot more to do with us than it does with them, right? So clarify what you've received, ask your additional questions for clarification, and then just kind of go from there. But yeah, absolutely. You have to prepare yourself to to receive and you also need to give yourself grace and understand that today just may not be the day or this moment may just not be the moment.
0: But don't let that stop you from asking the
1: question. But questions. don't let just no, don't let it stop you from asking. Don't let it stop you from receiving.
0: <sighs> okay. So this episode totally went in a different direction than I anticipated <laughs> after, you know, our first chat of like, hey, I had a seizure on stage and it changed my life. I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's unpack that. This is so much deeper. And and I'm not surprised now that we're having the conversation because that's what vulnerability does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It allows for deep and intimate interaction.
0: So I guess you kind of had your own version of Brene Brown's TED Talk experience where she was also on a stage and shared something super vulnerable about herself and what she was going through. And again, as you said, the response was really mixed. Some people really gravitated towards what she had to say and other people resisted it hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some people, it, it happens and it and that's the other thing I think people are so afraid of rejection. But what I've learned over the years is that you don't want everybody in your life. You know, you don't. It's If somebody is not ethically aligned with you, if, if they don't share your integrity, if they don't share your miss- missions, those humans are not for you. And that's okay. You know, it's just like, you know, I, again, you know, I work with animals and, you know, chihuahuas are real cute, just not in my house. <laughs> you know? For the most part, there have been one or two that have been exceptions, but like it's, it's just not a thing. Not every dog in the world is the dog for me, even though I like dogs, right? So it's not even a rejection of them as a human. I know some very lovely humans that are just not really a big part of my life. Like I met them. They were great. They're just not really my cup of tea and that's fine. So we don't need to be afraid of rejection. All that is, is just the natural selection of this is who you need in your life and this is who you don't.
0: You know what the serendipity moments of all of this is, is I have a, 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 I have a journal that I've been, you know, using on the, on the regular as part of my morning routine. And in the journal every day that there's a quote from somebody in the journal, and I'm going to read you what today's quote is. All right. Ready for it? I'm ready. Everything you want is out there waiting for you to ask. Everything you want also wants you, but you have to take
1: action to get it. Ooh, that is so perfect and so true. That was perfect. Yeah, that really was alignment, wasn't it? And
0: you know, I I also believe that like you need you have the life that you have asked for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And oh, so it's if cool. you and if you want something else, you need to ask for it, and then the powers that be will start scurrying away and helping you get it. But you need to be really clear as to what it is that you want. You need to actually ask for it so that you can actually receive
1: it. Yes, 100%. No matter what it is, you have to ask in order to receive.
0: Well, Catherine, this has been such a powerful episode. I'm not surprised because vulnerability has is, is that superpower that just unlocks all sorts of things. Yes, so is. is there anything else you want to tell people? Anything else you want to share?
1: I would just encourage other people to really start understanding your mind, why you're responding the way that you are to things, really map all of that out, pay attention to it, learn yourself, and then start to break that ego mechanism and respond in curiosity so that you can really start to expand as a human being and as a professional. Because let me tell you, when you start to do that, the growth is exponential and it happens rapidly. So I highly encourage everyone to take those steps within themselves to be able to achieve the curiosity response.
0: And then get ready because it is going to take you places.
1: Yes, (laughs) do trust me. It it goes fast. I'm not the only one who's had that experience.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. So if people want to connect with you, they want to hear more, they want to work with you, where, you know, where do you like to hang out on the interwebs? What do you (laughs) got for people? Give us a yeah, guess.
1: yeah. reach out to me. There's several different places you can find me. If you're a nonlinear or neurodiverse person, I am the president of the US board for the global movement of the called the octopus movement. And it's for nonlinear minds. So come come join us there. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm one of like three Catherine McCords with my spelling in the US. So I'm super easy to find that I'm on there every single day, multiple times a day. Connect to me, message me, reach out. I am here to have conversations. Never feel shy to, to connect with me. And then also my, I'd say my speaker website, which is kmacordspeaking.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right, everybody. I don't know about you, but I just love this episode. If this one resonated with you, please give it a like a share. Don't forget to subscribe. Or if you know somebody who is going through something similar well, maybe not exactly the same thing because we don't want people to have seizures on stage, but is going through a vulnerability experience, please share this episode with them because it may very well help them figure out their very own now what. All right, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you want to hear more from Catherine, she and I are heading over to patreon.com backslash I just blank now what for a little behind the scenes extra bonus content so head over there become a patron and continue the conversation that Catherine and i are gonna have all right that's it for me and we will see you next week bye bye thank you so much for listening i appreciate it more than i can say did you love this episode of i just blank now what